You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, today we're going to look at the recap of what PFF had to say. We'll look at some of the grades, we'll look at some of the statistics and see what we can glean from it. I also want to take a look at where everybody kind of ranks just league-wide. It's really probably in... I don't want to uh, overhype things, which is the the reaction that's going to happen. It's more for perspective to kind of see how good the good is. Because, you know, you get, well, everybody's having a good preseason. Well, no. In comparison to everybody else, here's where these guys rank. Just to provide, again, some context. Outside of that, we'll just keep doing what we've been doing, which is just trying to figure out what this team is. Who stays, who goes, and what role everybody's going to end up playing. But again, I, I, I don't want to get... Look, when I post this stuff on Twitter, I know that it's going to get blown up in, in terms of, like, overhype. And that's fine. I like it. Not, not just from an interaction standpoint or whatever. I, I like it from a standpoint of it's fun to have fun. Right? I, I know, like, I posted the Jordan Love video, and I put on there just to be a freaking troll um, that he's basically he's going to be an MVP or whatever. I, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just having fun. I've kind of reached that point of things where it's like, the talk is done. We've Everybody's said what they've had to say. I'm just having fun now. So yeah, I'm going to be a little bit ridiculous, a little bit over the top. And that's fine. But just to throw one thing out there, I think Justin Fields might have been the highest graded quarterback in the preseason last year. If not, he was up there with one of them. He went on to have a terrible, terrible season. Right? I've, I've already gone through and showed you the highest graded defensive players last year and it's two guys that didn't even make the 53 so we have to keep that in the back of our mind right it's cool to see it's good to see who's performing at a high level and who isn't um obviously the coaches mimic what pff has to say in other words it's not irrelevant you don't hear matt lafleur go back and be like who gives a crap it's preseason you freaking dork loser that would be a funny answer but he doesn't say that these things do matter they do factor in but we can't necessarily just transpose this into the 2023 season. Like Romeo Dobbs, dude, he's, he's one of the best in football. Well, no, he's one of the best in preseason, which is a good sign in terms of his development. It's a good sign in terms of his ability to be good in the regular season. It doesn't mean that he's, he's already there. It's just, you know, if you took the Romeo Dobbs, that's one of the highest graded in preseason. In an alternate universe where Romeo Dobbs is one of the lowest graded in the preseason, I would bet on the one with the high grade to have a better regular season. Does that make sense? So any whoms, uh, without further ado, why don't we just go through the offense here? We did have one elite player, and that was, I kind of tipped my hand a little bit, Romeo Dobbs. 91 PFF grade, 90.4 uh, receiving grade. 
Again, I do not want to overreact, but, you know, similar to what I've said in the negative in terms of things being consistently negative, making me nervous, that also works on the positive side. Romeo Dobbs has been one of the most consistently positive players pretty much since he got to Green Bay, much less just what we've seen this offseason. And remember, he got off, he, he had a great offseason last year. And I remember PFF actually kind of made fun of this as evidence. Like, oh yeah, we heard this live. Or they, were, they were talking about this hype train for somebody that was a rookie. And they're like, remember Romeo Dobbs? They pulled that out of the air. Because that was like the example of the rookie that was going to break out. Romeo Dobbs in the entire NFL that he plucked off the top of his head. And he's like, remember how Romeo Dobbs was supposed to be this great thing that he didn't do anything? But remember, he had a great offseason. Like, just shockingly good. Then he comes into the NFL and looked really good. Then he got hurt, and even Matt LaFleur said, essentially, that that kind of messed him up, and he never really looked the same again for the rest of the season, but then said this year that he's starting to look more like he did at the beginning of last year. And let's not forget, I mean, he is the Rashawn Gary of the offense. He's the hardest working man out there. The guy puts in a ton of work. He really cares about it. He's out there with, Chris, uh, with, uh, with Jordan, putting in work. So... You know, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes, but if, if there's anybody on this team to be confident in, you lean in that direction. Second highest graded, love to see it, John Runyon. 87 overall grade. Not really surprising as far as his 82 pass blocking grade. That's par for the course. What's shocking is that he had an 82.3 run blocking grade. In fact, it was the highest by a mile run blocking grade on the entire team. Now, again, I'm not going to overreact to that. I'm looking at a massive pool of data that says he's a good pass blocker and a terrible run blocker. I don't think that changed overnight in his eight run blocking snaps. I think John Runyon is what he is. Maybe he'll improve it. Maybe it'll be sporadic once every 10 games. He'll have a good run blocking game. I don't care as long as that pass blocking stays up. But great job by John Runyon to continue to dominate. Then coming in at number three is Mr. Jordan freaking love. Listen, I asked for consistency. What did I say coming into this? He's never really had a good preseason, ever. Not that preseason means a ton, but good quarterbacks generally do well in preseason, the ones that play. I went back and tried to find it just to prove a point that that's not the case, and I couldn't find it. Every good quarterback that actually played dominated in the preseason. Because it's freaking preseason. It's vanilla defenses, and, you know, half of the defense you're facing is backups. So I thought, well, crap. So again, the the data was kind of stacked against Jordan. So week one, he comes out 75.6 grade. That's great. It's at least a good start. But on the other hand, the last over the last two years, he had one good game in each of the last two years. He ended up with poor grades overall, but he had that one game that stood out where he looked okay. But then week two, he comes back with, I think, his highest preseason game ever. Actually, it was his highest PFF grade ever. That Eagles game, he had an 85.7, which is close and obviously pretty dominant, but it was just a hair below what he got in this preseason game, where he essentially had an 87. And so if you just look, and, and again, remember, he took a step from 2021 to 2022, and you see that somewhat in the preseason. He went from a 55 grade, which is not good, 58 passing grade, which is not good, to a 63, which is okay, to right now, and again, we'll do overall later, but just for, you know, hammering home the point here, an 87.1 PFF grade. So 55, 65, 87. It's an Anthony Richardson-sized quarterback leap. Jokes. Lame jokes. All right, moving on. 
fourth highest was Malik Heath. Very good. There's nothing worse than seeing a guy like Malik Heath put on that performance, and then you look at PFF and they give him like a, a 61. It's like you know what? I'm gonna. I want my money back. You freaking hacks. 83 overall grade, 82.5 PFF grade, just dominant performance. Then we got Cody Crest, although he only played four snaps. Sean Clifford is the next highest, still in the 80s, by the way. It's really, I mean, there's obviously more players in the preseason than in the regular season, but this many guys above an 80, there's six of them, is really impressive. 81.8 for Sean Clifford. Then we've got Rashid Walker, uh, 78. Emmanuel Wilson, 73. Royce Newman, 71. Jake Hansen, 70. And Luke Musgrave, 70. So 11 of the 32 were good to very good to, in Romeo Dobbs' case, elite. And we got a bunch of average, and I'm just going to go through it in order, no specifics. I usually skip it, but let's just do it. Jaden Reed, Deuce Watts, Sean Ryan, A.J. Dillon, Josh Myers, Aaron Jones, Dontavian Wicks, Patrick Taylor, Josiah DeGuara, Cole Schneider, Jadakus Bonds. That goes from 67.6 down to 60. All average performances. Of that group, Sean Ryan, round of applause. I said it last week. I forget who was who I was talking to, if it was Clayton or who, but or no, I think it was uh Jake Shavink. But just talking about how like Sean Ryan did not play very well. It's like I tell you what, man, fifty-five pass blocking grade, sixty-three run blocking grade last week. That's an upgrade for Sean Ryan. Well, he went from a sixty-three to a sixty-six, exact same run blocking grade, but his pass blocking went from a fifty-five to a sixty-eight. Man, at this pace in ten years, man, he might we might have something. He is creeping along. I'm just kidding. I'm happy for him. He's, he's. I mean, he's looking like an adequate player as opposed to like unserviceable last year. Anyways, then we get into the um, below average. Henry Pearson, who only played the th- three snaps and I believe was injured. Kadeem Telfort, Yash Nyman, not good for Yash. I mean, to have our highest graded offensive lineman be the guy that replaced him and took his job at left tackle for a week, that sucks. Uh, Yash Nyman, 57. Grant DeBose, 56. Then you get uh, Christian Watson, 51. That one kind of surprised me, although maybe not so much. He d- didn't get a single thing thrown at him, I don't think. Have to go back and watch that. Samori Ture, 51.3. Then you get down into the bad. Tucker Craft, 49. He's taken some time to, to kind of get up to speed here. Austin Allen, 46. Elton Jenkins, 44. And then the only really bad grade was Zach Tom, 39. However... For both Elton and Zach Tom, penalties played a big part in this. It took me a while to figure out why, because I was like, oh, no, that sucks. Then I looked at it. Dude, Zach Tom had a 70 pass blocking grade, and Elton Jenkins had an 82 pass blocking grade. They both were, they kind of sucked at run blocking. But Zach Tom had a 70 pass blocking, 55 run blocking, and a 39 overall. That doesn't make sense. The two penalties were the reason. And and it kind of seems stupid. Because it's like, come on, man, you can't dock somebody that much. But I think it's because he didn't play very much. He played 17 snaps. If he played a normal game, which is, I don't know, 40, 50 snaps, it wouldn't have as big of of an impact. So just rest assured, and especially Elton Jenkins. I mean, mean, you know, the run blocking should be better for both of them. But um, 82 for Elton Jenkins and a 70 for Zach Tom continuing to hold it down, keeping our quarterbacks safe. You love it. A little bit more on the specifics for the quarterbacks. Which quarterback is graded higher kind of depends. Sean Clifford actually had a higher passing grade, 83 compared to 81. But if you look at overall, and I think rushing plays a big part of this, Jordan Love had an 87 compared to Sean Clifford's 82. Either way, they both had fantastic days. 
Big time throws. Jordan Love had one. Uh, Sean Clifford had two. Both of them were actually ra- rather high. Even though it was only one, that's 12.5% for Jordan Love. 9.5% for Sean Clifford. Neither one of them had a single turnover-worthy play. Sean Clifford's adjusted completion percentage was 78%. Jordan Love was 62.5%, which is exactly what his regular completion percentage was. So no drops, no throwaways, no batted passes, nothing. Uh, time to throw. Jordan Love actually was rather high. It's pretty unusual and un- uncharacteristic for him. 3.23. He was kind of you know, running around trying to buy some time. Plus, they're constantly doing the, you know, they're rolling them out and get them into space. I'm kind of surprised they're doing that so much. And it kind of felt like on that first drive that the Patriots were kind of keying in on that, like they knew he was going to do that. They were watching all the tape. It's a lot of very slow developing plays and whatnot, but didn't seem to hurt him. And I, and I know that that's not generally his his style. He wants to get the ball out quickly, so I'm not overly worried about it. Sean Clifford also was rel- relatively high at 2.99. And then the passer ratings, 137.5 for Love and Clifford, 89.1. Under pressure. So tempted to play the Queen song, but I just don't have the energy to go get the clip and all that stuff. I'm lazy today. I don't know. Not feeling it, man. I'm I'm tired. Sean Clifford does struggle a little bit. Now, the good news, when there's no pressure, and there was very little pressure, 85% of his dropbacks, he had no pressure. He was 13 of 16 for 137 yards with an 89.5 passing grade. Under pressure, however, he was 0 for 3 with a 43 overall grade, 44 passing grade. The bigger question, though, is Jordan Love. And although I don't really have an answer, because he only had two dropbacks with pressure, which means two over the entire season so far, he still had a 74.7 grade. He has a 60 passing grade, so it drops from an 81 down to a 60 when there's pressure. But again, he took off and ran on one of them, so he still came out on top. I mean, I'll, I'll take a 74.7 PF, uh, PFF grade overall under pressure any day of the week. That's higher than almost any quarterback in the NFL. Now, do I expect it to stay that way? Not necessarily. He was 0 for 1 on two dropbacks, right? He ran once and then incomplete on the other. 39.6 passer rating. But I, I'm, I'm not staring at a 22.2 PFF grade right now, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the time being. Also, deep balls, one for one. That's a big concern of mine. Statistics haven't been great. He was one for one on a 42-yard pass on the deep right side. He also had a 19-yard pass close enough that he was one for one on. His only incompletions came under 10 yards. And then also, just real quick, looking at play action and non-play action, split right down the middle, four uh, four play action, five non-play action. But he was one for three for 19 yards and a touchdown on play action. Obviously, we know what play that was. 75.3 PFF grade, 65 passing grade. No play action, though. He was four of five for 65 yards. He had an 83 PFF grade, 84 overall grade. And then looking at the receivers, we kind of looked at this already, but um, you got Romeo Dobbs, Malik Heath, and uh, Cody Crest. Just looking at receiving grades, not overall grades, that came out on top. Then it would be Musgrave, Reed, Watts, Emmanuel Wilson, Patrick Taylor, DeGuara, DeBose, and Ture at the bottom. Looking at some of the uh, snap alignments, Deuce Watts played eight snaps. Every single one of them was in the slot. So I may actually want to uh, split up my 53 into slot just, just so I can kind of visualize this a little better. Let me try to do that. I know they don't 100% adhere to that, but um, it's still a thing. And it would, again, kind of help me, especially further down the depth chart, if they're going to kind of, well, I guess it's kind of figured out, but whatever. It's, it's for my own, for fun. So it would be Jaden Reed. 
83.3% from the slot. I'm convinced he's ahead of Ture. So it would be Jaden Reed, then Samori Ture would be the backup slot. Then, I guess, Deuce Watts. Which, again, doesn't really matter because I have him as, like, the bottom of the list. I won't change it, but I can remember that much. Uh, Luke Musgrave, surprisingly, I mean, maybe not surprisingly because we don't have a lot of um, a lot of tight end options, but Luke Musgrave, 90.9% in line. I wonder how much not having a Mercedes Lewis type is really going to hurt Luke Musgrave's potential. How many times are they going to want to split him out, but then they need somebody on the end? You could say, well, what about Tucker Craft? I don't know if they want him on the field very much. You know what I mean? If you're trying to get your best people out there, if you're going to put Tucker out there, you have to remove a wide receiver. You want to pull Jaden Reed and put in Tucker Craft? No, you're better off putting Luke Musgrave in line and letting that be your one tight end which, again, limits his usability. You can either split him out and not have an inline tight end at all, or you, again, put Tucker out there. I mean, you could have Josiah, I suppose. Don't know how much better you feel about that, but, yeah, it's interesting. Our yards after the catch leader was Emmanuel Wilson with nine yards after the catch. The average for the team was 3.1 yards per route run. We've got several over the two-yard mark. Grant DeBose was 2.08. Cody Crest was 3, Jaden Reed 3.17, Malik Heath 4.17, and Romeo Dobbs 5.78 yards per route run. He ran 9 routes and had 52 yards. That ain't bad. Average depth of target leader was Samori Ture, 32. Longest reception, Romeo Dobbs. Only had one drop, and that was Grant DeBose. Contested catch percentages, Josiah DeGuara 0 for 1, Jaden Reed 0 for 1, Samore Ture 0 for 1. Grant DeBose was 1 for 2. Then you had Cody Crest was 1 for 1. And then Malik Heath and Romeo Dobbs were both 2 for 2. Missed tackles forced. Only two missed tackles forced of anybody among our wide receivers on receptions. Both were Malik Heath. First downs, the Packers had 12 passing first downs. Five of them went to Malik Heath. Two went to Romeo Dobbs. And the highest passer rating was Jaden Reed because of the touchdown. No penalties. Uh, turning over to rushing, just looking at rushing grades. Emmanuel Wilson, 72. Jordan Love, 68. A.J. Dillon, 66. Patrick Taylor, 64. Aaron Jones, 63. Sean Clifford, 56. So really, it's Emmanuel Wilson and then everybody else. Uh, yards after contact per attempt, Jordan Love was the highest, 7. After that, Aaron Jones, 4. Patrick Taylor, 3. Emmanuel Wilson, 2.87. Dillon, 2.5. Sean Clifford, nada. Missed tackles forced. There were seven missed tackles forced in this game. Six of them were Emmanuel Wilson. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, he had the most carries, sure. But he had like two and a half or, or a missed tackle every two and a half attempts, right? That's pretty high. Longest carry was Emmanuel Wilson for 14. Nobody had a carry over 15 yards. Uh, elusiveness grade, obviously Emmanuel Wilson was the top with a 101. I still don't know how that number works, but it's the higher the better. I know that much. And then finally we get into blocking, and this one's always fun. We'll go position by position here, starting at left tackle. Our number one left tackle in terms of most snaps was Rashid Walker. He had an 88.4 pass blocking grade and a 71 run blocking grade. You really can't ask for much more than that. Kadeem Telfert took um, 15 snaps there as well. 82.2 pass blocking grade, which is dominant. Unfortunately, 46.3 run blocking grade. You'll take it, though. At left guard, 
We've got uh, the most snaps going to Royce Newman. Royce had actually a really nice day, 78.8 pass blocking grade. Didn't allow a single sack, hit, or hurry. And that's including 26 left guard snaps and 15 right guard snaps. So he played a ton. It looks like he just switched with Sean Ryan because Sean Ryan was 26 right, 15 left. But 78.8 pass blocking, 66.7 run blocking. Then Elton Jenkins, we said 82 pass blocking, 53 run blocking. Um, Sean Ryan played his 15 snaps, 68 pass blocking, 64 run blocking. At center, Jake Hansen got the most opportunities and was the least effective pass blocker of the group, the best run blocker. 70.5 pass blocking grade, 69 run blocking. He ended up getting hurt. I don't know the severity. Josh Myers was the highest graded pass blocker at center at a uh, basically an 80 with a 63 run blocking grade, which is the second highest. And then Cole Schneider with his seven snaps at center, 77 pass blocking grade and a 60 run blocking. And I know a lot of people are upset because they think Josh Myers should be docked for um, the errant snap, but apparently Matt LaFleur had made some comments about that being a uh, trying to catch the defense. And I guess they just weren't, I think Jordan just wasn't ready. So they didn't, they didn't dock him for that. I know we want them to, cause we're mad at Josh Myers anyways. So as soon as we see that, it's like, just, we, you know, want to beat the crap out of the guy, but I don't think he made as egregious of a mistake as, uh, as it would seem. And then, uh, right guard looks like we pretty much talked about everybody. Sean Ryan got the most snaps there followed by John Runyon. As I said, 82 run blocking grade, um, 82 pass blocking grade, basically. 87 overall. Then at right tackle, the number one right tackle in terms of snaps was Yash Nyman. 82.4 pass blocking is great, but a 43 run blocking grade, 57.4 overall. That was followed by Zach Tom with his 70.6 pass blocking and 55 run blocking. So that is all of that. Looking at it um, all together, highest graded run blocker was John Runyon. He was at an 82, then a big drop down to Rashid Walker at 71. Pass blocking, basically the entire team was great. We've got 16 people from tight ends to tackles to running backs to wide receivers. No, maybe not wide receivers. And the only one below a 70 was Sean Ryan. The only one, and he was a 68.1. Tucker Craft, 70. Austin Allen, 70. Jake Hansen, 70. Zach Tom, 70. Luke Musgrave, 70. Wilson, 73. Cole Schneider, 77. Royce Newman, 79. Dylan 80, Myers 80, Runyon 82, Elton Jenkins 82, Kadeem Telford 82, Yash Nyman 82, and then Rashid Walker 88.4. Love to see it. Anyways, why don't we take a break? I'm going to try as quick as I can to get through the defense and special teams so that we can kind of cover some of the uh, the recap of the, over the two weeks and whatnot. So patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support the podcast or hit me up on Venmo Packernet Podcast. Please check out Grassfed Cooperative over at grassfedcooperative.com. Use promo code PACKER10 for 10% off your order. That's capital P, PACKER10. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited 
about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, start from the top, ripping through the grades. Um, maybe the highest graded just player in general this this week. Kingsley Inigbare, 96.4 PFF grade, 68 run defense, 72 tackling, 95 pass rush. He had um, two two pressures, both of which were sacks, and that's on just eight attempts. You really just can't do much better than what Kingsley did. But anyways, working our way down, he only had 14 snaps. He didn't play a ton. Next highest was Carl Brooks. Obviously, he had a fantastic day, although I shouldn't say obviously because I thought Colby Wooden obviously had a good day, and they did not agree. He was at 80, Quay Walker at 79, Justin Holland 78, Keandre Thomas 77, uh, Lucas Van Ness was 6th at 76, Keyshawn Banks 74, Benny Sapp 72, Eric Wilson 70. Then we run through the averages. Tavarius Moore, Jimmy Phillips, Anthony Johnson. This is in order, so highest to lowest. Keyshawn Nixon, Razul Douglas, Brenton Cox, Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Devontae Wyatt. Oh, nope, nope, never mind. Sorry. Devontae Wyatt is the first below average guy that we have on the list. Still an upgrade, I guess. It's a little upsetting that we're not getting what we need from him through two weeks. I mean, it's kind of not great, but I'll, I'll take a step in the right direction. Uh, then we have Jonathan Owens, Preston Smith, Chris Slayton, Isaiah McDuffie, Carrington Valentine, Colby Wooden, and TJ Slayton. Then we have four players who were bad. That would be Shamar Jean Charles, part of which would be, I'm assuming, penalty issues. But, um, I mean, it's also his run defense grade is terrible, his tackling grade is terrible, his coverage grade is not good. Then you have Jonathan Ford with a 32.6 grade, Aaron Mosby at 28.7, and dead last is a guy that I honestly think when cutdowns happen, and, and maybe even prior to, I don't know, um, I think he's going to be one of the first ones to get let go, unfortunately, is Tariq Carpenter. I just, it's bad. You know, first of all, his snap counts have been cut. Somebody went back and watched the game and noticed that Jimmy Phillips was ahead of Tariq Carpenter in terms of who went out there first. That's a terrible sign. Jimmy Phillips just got added, like, what, two, three weeks ago? Yeah, his first note is from August 1st, so it would have been about three weeks ago would have been his first practice, I think. He's already ahead of Tariq Carpenter as a linebacker. Maybe. I mean, you know, trying things out, but his snap counts, he had 12 opportunities only. That's all they gave him. His snap counts also have been completely diminished on special teams. They're taking his opportunities away from him. He also he has a terrible PFF grade on special teams and, a, and the lowest PFF grade on defense. 
I really hate to say it, but I don't think he's going. And you know, is it like, well, is he going to get waived and put on on um, practice squad? Maybe, maybe. But I mean, it's just it's it's a real bad spot he's in. Looking specifically at run defense, just three guys in the 70s: Brenton Cox, 70; Keyshawn Banks, 71; Carl Brooks with a 75, highest graded run defender on the team. The uh, bad run defenders, Isaiah McDuffie, 44, Shamars, 37, Jonathan Ford, 35. You hate to see that from a nose tackle. Like, you know, run defense and tackling is what I expect from a freaking behemoth in the middle of the defense. Aaron Mosby, 29, Tariq Carpenter, 26. Tackling mostly was good, so I'll just rattle off the ones that were good from low to high. Ford, Van Ness, Kingsley, Keyshawn Banks, uh, Tervarius, Valentine, Keandre, Quay, uh, Wilson, Sapp, Razul, Phillips, Anthony Johnson. It's always interesting trying to figure out the best way I can say it where everybody would know. Sometimes you know their first name, like Razul, compared to Douglas, which could make you go, wait, who? Oh, oh, Razul. Or like Tervarius. You know who Tervarius is. But more, probably figure it out. But, but then you got Van Ness on the other side of it, where you go last name or last two names, I guess. Anyways, the bad tacklers of the group, Shamar, Colby Wooden, Isaiah McDuffie, and Tariq Carpenter at the bottom of that list as well. Pass rush grades, um, we'll sneak Carl Brooks in there. Uh, 70 PFF grade for him, almost. And then Justin Hollins had a 77.7. And then obviously Kingsley with a 94.7. Nobody really had a bad pass rushing grade. The lowest was a 51, which was uh, Mosby, but that's about it. And then coverage... Uh, Kingsley and Igbare, which kind of doesn't count. He had a 71. Keandre Thomas, 77. And then Quay Walker was the highest graded in coverage at a 78.8. The bad, I mean, Carrington Valentine was the third lowest at a 51. Tariq Carpenter was the second lowest at a 47. And then Shamar, 46. So Shamar, and I tell you what, man, Shamar, I mean, it, it, there might not be a backup slot, period, but Shamar is lucky and his gains is hurt. Because he is just tanking his value as fast as he possibly can. That was as brutal of a performance as you could possibly have, especially following up that Bengals game, which was a great performance, I thought, by Shamar. Uh, getting into the stats, we had eight total pressures on the team. Two were Kingsley, two were Carl Brooks, one for Van Ness, Wooden, Brenton Cox, and Justin Hollins. Sacks, we had just two. Both of them were Kingsley. Uh, four hits came from Hollins, Brooks, Brenton Cox, and Colby Wooden. Two batted passes, one from Keyshawn, one from Jonathan Owens. Jimmy Phillips, the guy that took Tariq's job, led the team in tackles. Again, sucks for Tariq. Missed tackles were just four. Wooden, Tariq, uh, Shamar, and Isaiah McDuffie. As a percentage, it just keeps getting worse. The only guy at 100% missed tackle rate, Tariq. It, it's so bad, too, because we all saw it, and it was so blatant, and it was so awful. <laughs> Uh, Isaiah McDuffie, 50%. Colby Wooden and uh, Shamar at 25%. Stops, which are tackles that are a negative play for the offense. Or, yeah, the, the opposing offense. There were 15 stops. Razul, Rudy Ford, Shamar, Anthony Johnson, Carl Brooks, Brenton Cox, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, and Colby Wooden each had one. Keyshawn Banks, Kingsley and Igbari, and Lucas Van Ness had two. There were two forced fumbles on the uh, for the defense. Both of them were Kingsley and Igbari. And then getting into the coverage. The most targeted was Shamar Jean Charles. Seven targets, four receptions, 28 yards. Uh, Jimmy Phillips, six targets, five receptions, 43 yards. 
Carrington Valentine, six targets, just two receptions, 55 yards, but he gave up a touchdown and had a pass breakup and a pile of penalties. Uh, Keandre Thomas, three targets, one reception, 17 yards, and a pass breakup. That's pretty good. Did have a penalty. Razul Douglas, two targets, two receptions, 17 yards. Uh, Quay Walker, one target, one reception, one yard. Can't beat that. Jonathan Owens, one target, zero receptions. And Eric Wilson, one target, one reception, eight yards. So Keandre Carrington and Anthony Johnson with each a pass breakup, no interceptions in this game. And then quickly looking at uh, special teams. Nobody really had a good special teams grade, which is somewhat disappointing for a team that kind of excelled at that last year. But 68 was the highest. That was William Hooper. Kingsley Anigbari was the second highest at 67. That dude was, I don't know what he was doing before the game, but he needs to do that again. On the bad end, though, Matt Orzich, which is unfortunate for him um, because he's in a long snapping competition with the sixth highest graded special teamer, Broughton Hatcher. After that, you have Dallin Levitt at a 49. I know that doesn't seem great for Dallin Levitt, but I don't know that he ever really graded out that high as a special teamer anyways. He isn't here because he's an elite special teamer via PFF grades. He's here because the Packers love him as a special teamer, and I don't know what that means exactly, but I'm not necessarily phased by the grade, I guess is what I'm saying. Keyshawn Banks, 48, and then Shamar Jean Charles, 29, and Henry Pearson, 28. Guys who are getting a ton of snaps, 10-plus. Keandre Thomas had 10, Patrick Taylor, 11, Aaron Mosby, 11, Anthony Johnson, 11. Whereas Emmanuel Wilson, you say, he had two opportunities. Tariq Carpenter was given four. Jimmy Phillips, six. So, there you go. Obviously, the kicker did well. We don't need to super delve into that. I don't know what his grade was, but, I mean, he made the long kick. So, it's all the information we need. All right. Let's take a look at where the Green Bay Packers stand through two weeks of the preseason. As of right now, Jordan Love is the fifth highest graded quarterback out of who knows how many? 71. We have two Kansas City Chiefs quarterbacks, a Bears quarterback, Tyson Bajant, Travis's kid. I'm sad that he's a Bear. And then Aiden O'Connell is the highest graded right now. Sean Clifford is also doing fairly well. He ranks 16th with his 79.7 overall grade. If we look at receiving, Romeo Dobbs, as of right this moment, is the third highest graded receiver. Connor Hayward, actually, I'm sorry, he's the second highest. I keeps putting these dumb tight ends and running backs in here. Uh, Malik Turner is the only wide receiver graded higher right now, and he's only played one game. So of the wide receivers who have played two games, he is the highest graded wide receiver right now. He has an 89.9 overall PFF grade and an 88 receiving grade. After that, you have Malik Heath, who ranks um, 19th. Dontavian Wicks ranks 24th. Jaden Reed is 52nd. Patrick Taylor, is he's a halfback. Why is that on here? Whatever. It doesn't matter. On and on down the list. The the big takeaway here is Romeo Dobbs. Then looking at running backs, Emmanuel Wilson is the number two running back. He got overtaken by Miles Gaskin, but Miles Gaskin has only played one game and has had eight snaps. So among the running backs who have played in two games, he is the highest graded, in fact, by a decent sum. I mean, if you look at Miles Gaskin's number one, he played one game. Then Emmanuel Wilson. Then Isaiah Spiller. One game. Then Keaton Mitchell. One game. Then Tyson Williams, one game. Then you get to um, Raheem Blackshear, who played two. He had an 86.1. So he's kind of standing alone among guys that have, you know. And the reason it's it's relevant, what does it matter, one game or two games? Because a lot of guys have good one game. 
right? It usually balances out over numerous games, though. So he's got two and is still in the 90s as a runner and overall. 90.6 rushing grade, 90.5 overall. He also is leading the entire NFL in missed tackles forced. He has seven. He's the only one with seven. He also leads the NFL in longest rush. The second highest is Salvin Ahmed at 65. His is 80, so by a mile. Um, looking at 10-plus yard carries, he is tied for number one with four 10-yard carries. He's tied with Tank Bigsby. So yeah, I mean, he is far and away, as far as rushing is concerned anyways, far and away the, the best running back in the preseason right now. If we look at the offensive line, the highest graded offensive lineman through two games is John Runyon. He has a 79.5 PFF grade and ranks 17th. After that is Rashid Walker, who ranks 31st with a 75.7 overall. Highest graded run blocker, John freaking Runyon. 79.7 run blocking grade. Again, this is over two weeks, not just this past week. He ranks 22nd among all, not just guards, offensive linemen, period. And then pass blocking, our highest graded pass blocker is Rashid Walker. He's tied for 14th with an 86 PFF grade. Yash Nyman is actually second. So, I mean, he had a rough week, but obviously week one, week one was pretty solid. And then Zach Tom got knocked down a couple pegs, but he's at 34. Uh, he's 34th with an 82.4. Obviously, the entire NFL follows the same path that the Packers do. There are so many good pass blockers compared to um, run blockers. There are 98 offensive linemen with 70 PFF grades or higher. Run blocking, you've got uh, 63. There's 21 guys with an 80 grade or higher compared to 43 pass blocking. Looking at the interior defensive lineman, Carl Brooks is the third highest graded. That's right. Carl Brooks is the third highest graded defensive lineman through the preseason so far with his 82.7 PFF grade. Sheldon Day in Minnesota has an 89. That's entirely based on his pass rush. He's actually been kind of terrible as a run defender and a tackler. And then Jeremiah Ledbetter in Jacksonville, also a terrible tackling grade, but an elite run defense grade. Uh, the uh, Carl Brooks is very measured across the board. 82.7 overall, 77.8 run defense, 70.4 tackling, 72 pass rush. Nobody else really worth mentioning here. If you look at edge rushers, the number one edge rusher in the NFL preseason right now is Kingsley Inigbare. 93.9 PFF grade, 79 run defense, 74 tackling grade, 92 pass rush grade, and even a 71 coverage grade for good measure. I don't know if there's anybody else. It looks like uh, Levi Bell, and, and that's probably it, are the only ones that actually grade out well in every single category. But uh, Kingsley does come out on top. Keyshawn Banks would be the next highest. He actually ranks 30th overall, which is not terrible considering how many people play. 75 PFF grade, 77 run defense, um, 75 tackling grade. At linebacker, our highest graded linebacker is Quay Walker, which is great to see. He ranks 22nd. He has a 77.3 PFF grade, 66 run defense, 76 tackling, and 77 coverage. He is the 18th highest graded coverage linebacker right now. At corner... Somehow, the highest graded corner in the entire preseason through two weeks is William Hooper. William Hooper is the guy that is dead last on my depth chart for the Green Bay Packers. At just boundary corners, not even looking at slot corners, my list goes Jair, then Razul, then I guess Stokes, then Carrington Valentine, then Corey Ballantyne, then Keandre Thomas, then Tyrell Ford, then William Hooper. William Hooper, that guy 
highest graded in the entire NFL. 90.3 PFF grade, right? I mean, he's played 25 snaps. That's kind of a lot compared to a, a lot of these people. Nobody's getting a ton of snaps out there. 20 coverage snaps. But a 90.3 overall grade, 90.3 coverage grade. Now, he didn't, it doesn't look like he played in the second game, probably didn't get a chance um, due to the cancellation with the injury and whatnot. But still, that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> and he's the only guy really that we can talk about here. The next is Carrington Valentine, who dropped all the way down to 49th. Then at safety, we have Tarvarius Moore, who actually ranks 12th, which is pretty encouraging. I know Moore did get injured. Don't know the extent of that at this point particular point in time get it out there we go but uh, being 12th is pretty solid 81 overall 70 run defense grade um 85 tackling and a 73.6 coverage grade so across the board pretty solid after that would be anthony johnson 31st which i mean if this was the regular season and we had the 12th ranked safety and the 31st ranked safety forget the fact that there's like 200 safeties in the preseason i would take it heck yeah i would take that Anthony Johnson through his two games, 63 snaps, 74.3 overall, 66.1 run defense, 84 tackling, and 70.2 coverage. That's not bad, man. That's pretty good. Anyways, I'm going to leave you fine, folks, with that. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye.